this is the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. This is Ravenhill and this is William Davis. Good evening, Rob. It's very hard to tell what part of the storyline this is because your tone was so mellow there. But it's after the game. Connacht have won. It's after the game. Connacht have won. Something we've never been able to say here. Certainly in the history of the podcast. There were no podcasts when the last time Connacht won here. <laughs> there, were no mo- there were no mobile phones. Fun facts. Um, no television in no the... Republic television in the Republic of Ireland. Uh, the match wasn't live on RTE. Um, Doctor Who hadn't happened. I don't know. Uh, what can you say? 58 years. Mayo had nine years of hurt since their last All-Ireland. They were, weren't really suffering as much as they are now. Well, there you are. That's the next thing that has to be sorted out west of the Shannon. It's time for Sam to cross it to Mayo. If this is possible, anything's possible. Alan Deegan, welcome along. What a day. Yeah, great stuff, Rob. Really enjoyable. Really, it's beginning to sink in. It's taken a while, but it's beginning to sink in. What a win. Strange type of game. That's a factor. The red card after half time. We'll talk about all that. We'll hear all the audio. But it did make it a little bit of a kind of a, an unusual finish. And then at the end, the relief and the release of joy from the Connacht supporters here, who travelled in good numbers, and the Connacht players. Absolutely. And you're looking at a situation where the game started with Kieran Marmion hurting himself in the very first play, and then had to go off. And then we score a try, and Tiernan has to go off, having just scored the try. Um, then there's three tries by. Ulster, two of which weren't allowed, and the third one might not have been allowed either if there'd been a slightly higher quality HD TV for the the, the referee, the TMO. So huge amount happened, but a, a first half that took hours. It took hours. The whole game took hours. Lindley McKenzie, welcome along. What a day in the history of Connacht rugby. Yes, and I'm going to sound much more happy and excited than than William. <laughs> Absolutely superb, brilliant, delight of great result, um, and it's it's huge to get that to break that 58 year cycle and to get that monkey off the back and to know that teams can come to Ravenhill and win. Well, many other teams have come to Ravenhill and won. It's just not, not well, not Connacht for. Um, well, I'm taking the Andy Friend uh, approach to this. I mean, yeah, it's just another game. It's just another win. You know, back we understand there's, there's a history associated and we're delighted that it means so much to the people of Connacht. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and that's... Ah, listen, that's he really was. No, but no, he, 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 look, to be, look he's, he's just being the coach who has to maintain his decorum and... Yet, I'll say I this. think underneath it all, he's yeah. chuffed with himself and he's chuffed with his coaching team and he's chuffed with his players. Yeah, and you could sense it in his emotions compared to other games that he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking this in. You could see down on the sideline too when he came out to do the TV interview where a big cheer from the Connick fans and he, he uh, gave them a wave back and he looked a happy man. Okay, so you want the story of the game because come on, you got to want the story of the game and we're dumping it in right at the start. Uh, loads of audio. We were on commentary today. All our voices and lots more. The line-out is going to be a, f- a six-man conic line-out, bang on halfway, and is thrown towards the back. Delan athletically gets up, reaches out, wins it. It's a good line-out. Aki and uh, Butler are kind of decoys. They've laid it off, and Connick got the back line motoring. Mahaney's away in open territory. He has oceans of space. He goes to the right. This should be a try in the corner if they can hold the ball. They got over. Have they touched it down? They have. It's a try for Connacht. O'Halloran, I think it was, they're coming in there. Beautiful line from O'Halloran. He had options either way. What a score from Connick. Line-out and halfway. They've scored in the corner. Fantastic effort. They absolutely got themselves moving at speed. Little wrap around 
I think Rory Bass suggesting to the referee there was a bit of blocking. The referee doesn't seem... He's looking to the referee. He's not interested. He's awarded the try. That was a... Matt Healy burned through there when he had the gap. There might have been a little bit of crossing. It was happening so quickly, you'd have to see a replay, but it's not going anywhere else. And Jack Cardy has the chance from the touchline. That is a great start for Connacht now, having lost Kieran Marmion after a couple of minutes. We've probably been here at around this scrum for about five minutes actual time blade to feed in now we have a set scrum Connick have had two penalties already they're going forward again they want to get that shove on they are going forward it comes around to one side I think the penalty try is coming it's a penalty try for Connick 14 points to nail in Ravenhill what a start for Connick brilliant well it was coming all the time Ulster didn't seem to have any clues how they were going to fix that and they're going to have to they're going to have to get themselves organised very very quickly but Connacht have established complete dominance there. Ulster won't want to see another scrum in this game, essentially. But 14 points to nil at some start. Underneath the post, Ulster ball. 14 nil to Connacht. If they can strike back here, Ulster, it is very much game on. Connacht have got a turnover. Butler on their own line gets it back to Healy. Healy's knocked it on. It'll be a scrum to Ulster. They didn't need to force it. Ulster playing through the advantage. And I think they want that more than the scrum, that's for sure. This is dangerous now from a Connacht perspective because they're disorganised. Henderson has it. One more pass and they'll have used up the advantage. Crossfield kick coming from Burns. Undernesia will be Connacht. They've got a hand on it. It could be touched down from Ulster. It's a try for Stockdale. A real mix-up from Keen Keller. He made a hames of it. And Jacob Stockdale puts Ulster right back in the game. Well, I don't know. I know what he was trying to do, but it was totally the wrong thing. He was trying to bat it out of play. He was trying to knock it dead. Just to correct myself, it was blade. But he just didn't get up high enough. He had to try to catch that ball. He had to play it. All he had to do was play it. Uh, Connacht got possession back there and overplayed the ball. They stripped it away. And from the knock-on, Ulster obviously didn't want to go to a scrum. Farrell with the ball. It's come loose at the ruck, though. Turnover. Connacht were outside the 22 in a great position. The turnover gives Ulster the good position. They're kicking downfield. And Matt Healy is scampering back. Stockdale's after this. And Connacht are in a bit of trouble. But Healy has not controlled it. He's knocked it on with one hand. Ulster about to score another try. Absolute disaster. Connacht have fallen apart in the last few minutes. A second try for Ulster. Kernahan with the score. Unbelievable dominance from Connacht. And it's just been wiped off in two quick scores. Again, you'd have to get a look at that. I don't know what Matt Healy seemed to be not running the right line back. He tried to scoop it. I think his idea was that if he scooped it back inside, a Connacht player would pick it up. But rugby balls bounce in peculiar ways. The referee's decided to have a look at something. He's down looking at the screen. But from nowhere, Connacht have uh, rather coughed up two very soft, rather odd tries. Well, Connacht provided, provided this one is given. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the decision is. There's a kick downfield. Was someone in front of the kicker? I think that's when you see the kick being judged. Was he in front of the kicker? Well, there's definitely... Well, yeah, maybe he is, but I don't know whether that's, that's, that's given. That's Stockdale, but Stockdale, it didn't, did Stockdale get a boot on the ball after that? If he did, he's offside. No, I don't think he did get a boot but on I don't the ball. Think he did, I think so it, was Matt, it was Matt Healy pushed the ball back. No, we're going back. No, no the try. Ref- referees decided he was offside. So I think, I think uh, from the perspective of Stockdale was in front, someone got a boot on the ball. I presume it was Stockdale. He's offside. Connacht are very, very fortunate. Yeah, they've, they've got to tighten up. You, you, look, you, you've, you've got to... You've got to go in and get the ball. You can't be messing around, pushing it back, tapping it back. That was similar to what happened for the try. We're ready to roll. All right, second half, first half lasted forever, and it was eventful. It was almost on the verge of just chaotic at times. Um, Connacht had two tries. 
one penalty try, the other from Tiernan O'Halloran, who's gone off injured, as we said, three injuries in the Connick back line. Second half gets underway, and Connick are going to have to deal with a short kickoff. Oh, that's so dangerous, as going up for the, in the air is Keane Kelleher, and that is spectacularly dangerous. Connick have no back subs left. This could be a disaster for Connick. Could also be a disaster for the Ulster player if he's deemed to have taken out a player in the air. Yeah, I think he's going to be in bother here. Could this be a red card? It, it's another short kickoff, and oh. he's just charged straight through. He, his Is head it? was down. He didn't mean it, but they can give red cards for those in, in today's rugby. Yeah. It has us all yeah, scratching they, our heads. They, but cer- they certainly can, but uh, Keen Kelleher's in a lot of bother here. No intent whatsoever there, but it's so dangerous. He's looking at the ball. He's looking at the ball. It was a short kickoff. I mean, every side feels they can pull one over on Connacht on kickoffs. That was another variation of the short, but it was slightly too short. And uh, very brave of King Keller to go up for that ball. He won it superbly. And Ulster player didn't get off the ground, ran underneath him, contacted him, made the contact. That's poor because, you see, he stepped through him and he didn't really jump. That's the other problem. He wasn't contesting the ball. He's just walked through. The Connacht player. We're seeing a definite yellow card, and that'll be Ulster down to 13 men, remember? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see now. The referee's coming back. He's, he's, it's six. he's looking for six. Look, I have to be honest, William, when you watch a game of rugby like this, when a guy doesn't intend it, you kind of hope it's not going to be a red card. It is a red card. Yeah, it's a red card. It's, it's just the way it goes these days. You can't do that. They've been told. You feel Ulster are going to have to try something fairly soon. They're going to have to come away from this basic pattern. That didn't look straight. Adam McBurney throws in. I think that's been going both ways in the match as well. Connick have had a few of them, but yes, it most certainly didn't. Ulster have got a clean maul, but they're on the 10-metre line, the Connick outfield. They need to use this. Cooney gets it out to the uh, replacement. Out of but the Aki's interception. Aki's going for the try line. Connick are going to get a third try, and they are going to win in Ravenhill now, you'd imagine. Seven and a half minutes to go in Belfast. And Bundiaki has snatched the ball out of the hands of Johnny McPhillips. And he has scored. Just into the last minute, about 50 seconds left. Nelson, European Challenge Cup action next week. Connacht will go into that with a spring in their step after making history here in Ravenhill. We can confirm it now. There's only 40 seconds to go. Connacht are going to win in Ravenhill. It's just a matter of whether Ulster can get a, f- a losing bonus point or if it goes the other way. And Connacht get a four try bonus point but I can tell you if Connick get this ball with him they're just going to kick it into touch and celebrate here it comes back from McPhillips he had the intercept earlier McCluskey goes through the gap 25 seconds left if he scores if they score here Alia Lokens chasing back but look it looks like it's going to be tried for Nick Timoney Timoney's going to score underneath the post 15 seconds to go the conversion will take Ulster within seven and it'll be the last play of the game and Connick will have the kick we didn't think there was enough time but they somehow got it going. Connacht are over that ball. It was there to be played. Have they got the turnover? Yes, they have. They've rescued this. Carty to kick the touch. And Connacht win in Ravenhill by a scoreline at 22 points to 15. Oh, that was lucky in the end. But history's made. History's been made. They deserve that for the work at the end there. They just lost concentration, but they've done the job at some night. Uh, it's a very hard game to sum up. I suppose it'll all come down really to the fact that it was a victory for Connacht. They've been coming here for so long. I've been coming here for so long. We've all been coming here for so long waiting for this to happen. Uh, you wouldn't have expected it to happen in this way. You wouldn't have expected the performance to, to be as gritty as this and as hard as, as was needed. Ulster, I think, will be disappointed. They let themselves down. They got beaten up at the scrum. They were 14-0 down. And Connacht just kept going.
We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. All right, let's keep it rolling. Here's Andy Friend chatting to me and then I talk to Finley Beale. All right, Andy Friend here. Connacht have made history. How proud are you and how proud are the team? Yeah, extremely proud. That's... um yeah, to come up here and get that win, uh, I think in the manner in which we got the win too, was, was really gutsy and uh, West of Ireland should be very proud of these men. A couple of, three seasons ago, Connacht got a win in Toman Park. It ended a long, long wait for a victory there and it did launch a season. Give us an idea how big and significant this victory can be for our team when you, when you end a long hoodoo. Yeah, listen, we we didn't really talk about it during the week. I know we didn't, um, and we we mentioned it down there. Of course, we did because there's a lot of talk about it. But it was more about at the end of end of this game. We've had six games. Uh, if we got the win, which we did, we will have had three wins and three losses, and probably a fair reflection on where we are at the moment. We know we got things to work on, but um, we also know we've played some good rugby in the in these opening six weeks. Um, so I think we're in a good spot. We got uh, European. Challenge starting next week, a couple of weeks there, and then back into the into the Pro 14. So we're in a reasonable spot, and we're pretty happy with that. Winning the game seems to have come in the early stages. 14 points on the board before Ulster could even have a look in. Yeah, that was good. You know, I also thought you know the manner in which uh, we stuck to our guns, losing Marmo in the first play of the game. Um, you know, he's your, your Irish nine. Uh, we lose ten, and after he scores the try, uh, but we didn't drop our heads, and that was really, really pleasing. I thought uh, our pack, this bloke sitting beside me here, as our tight end, um, but his other two musketeers with him as well, they were outstanding. Laid the platform for us, and uh, if you've got a, if you've got a forward pack going forward, it makes the game of rugby pretty easy. It was a strange game at times, and it was a very complicated second half from a Connacht perspective. How frustrated were you at times that Connacht didn't maybe push on a little bit more and, and make it easier in those closing stages? Yeah, we we uh, we talked about being clinical all week, and and I don't think we were in that second half. Uh, we did make it tough for ourselves, but it was also a credit to Ulster. You know, Ulster, a very proud team, and and uh, you know down to 14 men, down to 13 men for a period there. They fought really hard. They challenged that breakdown. We talked about our groundwork. We talked about our shield getting in place early, but um, they were probably too quick for us there. So credit to them. Uh, but yeah, we we got to learn from that and and learn how how to make it easy on ourselves. The general consensus was this was as tough a fixture list for Connacht to start the season. A lot of people said it could be possible that Connacht could end up with just one win, three wins, a good few bonus points right in the hunt. He must be absolutely delighted with just where Connacht are in the standings now. Yeah, we are. We are very pleased with that. Um, and we know it was a tough, a tough fixture list, but we also said at the front end there, uh, we need to know where we are after six games. Um, and I feel like we're competitive. You know, I don't think... Uh, I don't think we're the finished product yet. I know we've got a lot of work to do, but I feel that on our on our day and uh, in our moments, we can we can match it with anybody there. So, what we've got to learn to do is continue to be more consistent with that. Uh, we've got Europe coming next week, which will give a few other players some opportunities, and we need that depth and the and the uh, the pressure coming from underneath to keep keep the boys who are there starting 15 at the moment keep them on their on their toes. Fans gave you a great reception at the end there. Yeah, that was brilliant. Great to see Connacht people here supporting their team and. Uh, Nice to put smiles on their faces. Finley Beelham, wow. What a win. Mate, brilliant, yeah. Um, look, we didn't play to our full potential, but look, um, get a win up in Belfast, it's pretty special, and look, the lads are on cloud nine, but um, yeah, delighted, Matt. It's like the significance of the result kind of 
you know takes over everything else takes over the performance mm. takes over the scrappy nature of the second half you feel it now I know you didn't talk about it beforehand but you must feel it now as a really really big marker to lay down yeah like um, we, we didn't talk about the, the history of the game at all during the week and I think that's probably the, the first time that I can remember that playing Ulster but we haven't talked about it mm. so um, obviously we had the short turnaround after a really hard game against Leinster and really on the pitch once and look look I'm super proud of the boys and the coaches and everyone um, it was a it was a full squad effort out there and there was a lot of sore bodies and it might have been easy to come up here and not have that same bounce that we had at home last week but look the boys fronted up and I couldn't be prouder there's been a trend though this isn't out of the blue Connacht have been playing quite well this season I mean even in the midst of the disappointment of Leinster you took a lot from it in terms of your defensive display and, yeah. and so on yeah um, we've had a we've had a good start the season like that probably month of champions and all that was probably the hardest um, on paper anyway it was the hardest lead into a season that we've ever had so um, to come out was it three from three three from six yeah three from six now yeah yeah. um, look it's look there's some real positives in there and certainly probably left a couple games out there as well so um look we're we're happy where we are at the moment now we can kind of change focus and go on to Europe now and um, let's somewhere that's a competition that we've you know taken real pride in um, over the last few seasons so look um, change focus and uh, new challenge next week last season was a disappointment overall there's a really good vibe in the squad now isn't it oh yeah the lads are yeah, everyone's um, really enjoying the rugby this year and look it's it's great to come in on a Monday morning and not be too much doom and gloom and Everyone's really positive, and I think it's really shown showing on the field. The little boys are—it's a really tight knit group, and um, even out there tonight, like things weren't going great. But you know, everyone believes in the man inside and outside of them. So, look, um, I'm super proud of super proud of everyone in the organisation. You got a penalty try there. The three in the front row can can uh, own that. Yeah, um, coming last time we got a penalty try, so it was um, it's pretty sweet. Um, I knew during the week we actually didn't do too many scrums during the week because obviously the short turnaround and the battered bodies and we knew they come in really well coached obviously with um, Dan McFarland and Rory Best in there as well so um, look to get a penalty try and a couple of penalties off them over the pitch it's um, certainly something to to be proud of but look we'll have to obviously keep improving and when teams kind of analyse what we're doing we're going to have to be one step ahead but look for now really happy That's a tough week Dan record loss last week and Disappointment of losing to Connor for the first time in 58 years tonight. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, the, uh, Mark, Mark Robson told me it's. Uh, he say it was uh, not not since the year of his birth. He told me. So, uh, yeah, look. Um, obviously, that's that's tough to take for everybody. Um, it was a it was a game that um, you know looking at uh, um, as you went through. It was it was just like. One thing after another that uh, that uh, um, uh, punched us in the stomach, um, you know, right right from uh, the their first try, which uh, um, they looked out on the TMO. You know, to me, it uh, to me it looked like clear blocking. Um, so, I, you know, I'll, I'm going to have to ask a question on that because. Uh, if you're allowed to do that, um, if we're allowed, we'll definitely be doing that. We're doing it every week. Um, it's a great way to stop defenders from getting to uh, attackers. Um, so, and then, and then, uh, um, obviously, we uh, we scored two tries that were marginally offside. They were they were offside. You know, it was inches, and you're looking at them. It's it's uh, 
um, I was speaking to, to, to Nick there and it's like saying it's almost better if you don't if you hadn't done it because it's it's deflating after you've been so close and that's 14 points or 10 points 14 points that uh, thing so in terms of in terms of the game itself we uh, we, we actually looked at it for we've, we defended really well uh, we defended with 13 men at one point and kept them out um, with 14 men in the in the second half and, and defended really well so it was a major step up for us in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the the, the defence, but uh, um, there were a couple of sucker punches in there that uh, that really caught us. What were your thoughts on the red card? Uh, I think it's you know in the in the laws of the game, it was a red card. You know, if you're playing AFL, it's not a red card, but uh, we're not. You know, that's the that's that's the laws. So, to me, when I looked at it, you know, I've only seen it uh, first up and, and a replay a couple of times, but uh, yeah. And you would have felt that you would have been able to have turned things around if it hadn't been for the red card. Oh, hundred percent. Like to, to me, we were playing some good footy out there. Um, you know, the, the 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 disappointments for me were around the scrum. Okay, where um, that was obviously an Achilles heel in the first half, um, and and we uh, they, they exploited that extremely well, um, and and also uh, around um, the twenty-two attack. So at the beginning of the beginning of the game, we had a couple of chances. One was called up for a, a penalty. Um, and, and the other one, we uh, uh, we lost the ball, and then again at the the end of the game, where we we, we didn't execute in in their 22. But uh, apart from that, we were creating plenty of space. We might not have got the ball to the edges of the pitch as much as we should have done. Held on to a couple of passes that should have gone because we needed to stretch them. Uh, but we were creating opportunities um, um, to, to to stress their defence. But. Um, that alongside our discipline, which obviously has to improve, and I think that's probably the primary thing that comes out of it. You know, some things we didn't agree with, but ultimately we weren't we weren't disciplined enough in in the in the game. I think you take that aspect out of it, we we win that game. Have you had the chance to look back at Connor's first try? Have you seen it replay? Yeah. And uh, you're adamant then that you felt it was blocking. Hundred percent. That's my opinion. Okay, but. Just something I saw after the game, I'm not quite sure here, so I'll be careful, but it looked like a few fans were venting their frustrations with Jared Payne. In the context of that, what, what is your message to fans? Is it one of patience? Um, uh, what is my message to fans? Look, as, as far as the fans are concerned and, and the supporters, you know, we, we, we have a great support base here. Um, you know, the, the 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 they love the excitement that comes with rugby on a on a Friday night and on a uh, on a Saturday. Um, you know, the, the the beauty of being a fan is that uh, uh, firstly you can have opinions and, and secondly you can uh, you can flow with the emotion of uh, of rugby matches. Um, and yeah, hundred percent they can. Uh, you know, the, they'll be disappointed. Uh, no more disappointed than I am. No more disappointed than any of the players are. Um, but. Uh, that's uh, that, that's part of being a fan. The highs and lows of uh, of, of the rugby, of the of the results. Thanks to SportsNewsIreland.com for their sponsorship of the podcast. Go to SportsNewsIreland.com for all your Connacht rugby team news. The voice of Dan McFarland. We had a chance to have a quick chat with him there, Alan. So literally, the only reason why we felt a little bit sorry for Ulster today was Dan. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, huge, brilliant servant to Connacht rugby over the years, and um, yeah, you'd have to feel. A little bit of sorrow for for Dan, and you know, but 
I think he'll suck it up, move on, and he's got European rugby next week. Been a tricky few weeks for him. He picked out his team picked out a couple of very important wins to start the season, though. And yeah, could have gone either way, but they got the wins. And even the fight back to get a draw against Cheetahs was great character in that result. They won against the Kings too. But then these last two weeks are a real hammer blow, and Europe now looms large. Well, there were a couple of lucky wins, but they didn't seem to take anything from it, which I think is probably concerning the media up here a bit, who, he's under real pressure. They want results here. There's, you know, they've, they've stood still since 2012. Well, Ulster fans are used to getting good results, but they haven't had them for such a long time. And they've, you know, they've, they've gone through coaches, they've had all sorts of stuff here. I'd say this is a pretty stressful job. And, and results like tonight and last week, uh, I think actually they're a bit lucky that Leicester are coming here because they're they're nearly as flaky, but you know they're not going to have Jacob Stockdale, they're not going to have Rory Best all the time. I mean, this they will get them for a limited time and then they disappear off to Ireland mm. and and there's a bit of a lack out there, but um, we'll see how they go. Be a good test for them and. Uh, be an even more interesting test when they come down to uh, the sports ground on the 28th of December. Can't wait. Oh, yeah, that's going to be another uh, opportunity for Connick to continue quite a good run against them because they'd be looking for three in a row, wouldn't they? Am I right? Correct. Yeah. Yes, last December was one of the more enjoyable games um, the eve of Christmas Eve, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, you're talking about pressure on them. Like uh, We're standing here in, in Ravenhill in you know what is probably one of the better spots to... Work, um, work in the media and you're looking around a fantastic stadium they've got plenty of money they, they, they sign players that they need and they're still struggling so people keep telling me one of our problems in Connex is that we don't have enough money and I'm thinking well money isn't always the answer Nope, caps aren't always the answer although tonight Connex had more of them and so maybe it does tell who knows Lindley this is uh, a massive moment for Connex as we said I think one thing we haven't talked about and you would have heard a little bit of it in the commentary one of the most significant moments of the entire game was the right card. You were in the post-game press conferences. There's no arguments there. It was the right call. No, absolutely none from from anyone from uh, Dan McFarland accepted that. In the, according to the letter of the law, it was a red card. No issue. So you just you have a duty of care when one of the opponents is in the air. You can't make contact with him and you certainly can't plough through him as he did, even though his eyes were on the ball and he had no intent. Look, it wasn't intentional. We know it wasn't It wasn't intentional, but that's, that's the law these days. So it's just an unfortunate in, in for, for that particular player and for, the, and for the Connacht player as well. And I have two opinions here which are competing. One is, I completely understand the only way we're going to make this game that bit safer is have pretty ruthless decision-making. But also, I've watched rugby my whole life, so have you, William, and it is hard to get your head around a red card being awarded for anything other than massive amounts of violence or dangerous play. That I just have difficulty every time I see it. When a guy doesn't mean it, it just feels wrong. Um, you know, I, I, no, I understand. I, I understand where you're coming from, but then you see a player being flipped over in the air and landed on his head. So uh, the players know that that's the law. His problem tonight really was he just ploughed into him. He didn't get off the ground. It was a mess. It was a short kickoff. Connacht attract a lot of these because there is still an issue with how Connacht handle restarts. So sides now try funky restarts all the time. Leinster were at it last week. Uh, Ulster were at it again today. It's just part of playing Connacht. And Keen Kelleher was very brave to go in there, but he had to go for it. There was nobody else around to protect him. And the Ulster player misjudged it. And by the letter of the law and the way referees have been told, that's what happens. And if you, if you carry it on to the two tries that were pulled back, I would say, off the top of my head, 
Two weeks ago, that wouldn't have happened because referees weren't looking for that. I would say there's been an edict. You must check if the player is in front of the kicker. Yeah. No, it's always annoyed me when they don't do it. It's a very important part of the game. If you're in front of the kicker, you're offside and it's not a legit try. So now the next thing they need to sort out is players being offside who are in front of the kicker at the kickoff, which went on all tonight well, again. I think, I think, and I think uh, Bess was trying to say, trying to say it was the angle, the yeah. angle of the... Uh, I was trying to explain that in the commentary. I was trying to explain what he was trying to say, yeah. not argue for him, because yeah. angle or no angle, it was clearly in front of the... Well, look, you know... The, I was chatting to one of the, the, the Ulster lads here and, you know, and I was sitting, standing right behind the, the um, analyst there and they knew that the first one, his foot was on the line. They, they knew it and they were going, Phew, like, got away with that one. And the, the consensus is that when it came to the second one, your man said, can't give you two now. So yeah, the second one was actually more fifty-fifty than the than the third. So much drama in that game. It, like you said it earlier, it, the game went on for hours, but it was bizarre at times. And the injury count for Connacht to lose their three backs in the first half—that's a worry too. It could be a big worry. It's a huge worry, and and there were looked like soft tissue injuries rather than actual mm. instant injuries because Kieran went down trying to block down a kick made a big sprint to block down the first kick of the game put Billy Burns under pressure he couldn't put um, weight on his uh, and, foot and he landed badly on his ankle you could see he, he jumps he lands and he lands badly on his ankle and then Tiernan hurts himself crossing the try line when um, being, being tackled by Stockdale and, and just, just tweaks whatever it was he tweaked um, so within six minutes yes Connacht are seven and up but they've lost two of their most influential players like one of Tom things, Farrell as well oh, sorry sorry yeah just, just, to go, just to go back to the sending off to you know you know the um, Ray hitting, hitting the man in the air, it was symptomatic of them being more aggressive. It was their first thing. It was unfortunate that it happened that way. I don't think he, he certainly didn't mean to, but I, there, was, there was more aggression from Ulster in the second half. They were also desperate at 14 men to start that half. I think they must have one clear objective, win the first ball and get on the front foot. But not just that. In, I, I made a note about 20-odd minutes into the game, Connacht were winning all the contacts. And in the second half, Ulster won more of the contacts. And that was very evident from what I was looking at, that, you know, they really came out way more aggressive in the second half. Okay, so I'll start with you, Lindley, but like, let's build towards the end of this podcast. And this is something that's on my mind. That was a quite a disjointed, problematic performance from Connacht as well. And we'll say it now. We've enjoyed the victory and we will. And they will celebrate it as a significant marker. But how many penalties did they give away in the second half with an extra man on their own ball when their ruck was just plough through and also got over the ball we can give Ulster all the credit they want but Connacht weren't protecting their ball that's a starting point yeah and, and I think um, Andy Friend alluded to the, the discipline of that second half yeah. it was it, to be fair I th- you know when we talked earlier and we talked about wanting a kind of a, a mature response from Connacht you know we, we didn't really get it and this is I guess Andy Friend would say it's all part of the learning yeah. process great to learn in a win isn't it? Got away, yeah, yeah it was absolutely got away with it but you know, another side, you know, that would totally exploit that. The amount of penalties was just, it was, it was, it was just, you know, it wasn't really acceptable, I don't think. No, I, don't, I, I think if you look at the fact we talked about earlier, you know, it was highlighted during, uh, I think, Murray Kinslin, again, one of his brilliant pieces of analysis, Connacht have left, have, have conceded less than 10 penalties twice in the season up to this match, and they won both games. Every other penalty count was 11, 13, 15, 15. And I think with 15 or 16 again tonight, that's, that's not good enough. For me, should, we should have had a yellow card in those closing stages when the ball was kicked directly into touch on purpose, uh, kicked through the ruck. Just a bit of petulance on a couple of occasions. We were fortunate. Yeah, the referee could have, at that stage, just decided the number of penalties would have, would, would have allowed him very easily to do that. It's something they have to rectify because 
you, you can't keep you cannot keep getting into double figures and going way up uh, for for what are they refer to as red penalties because they're they're penalties given away in dangerous places for no reason. You've got to back your your defence line to make your tackles. Don't hand over a penalty because 30, 35 metres from your own line when you're when you're put them all down five metres from their line. Look, at the end of the day, it could have, it, we were lucky. It could have proved extremely costly. Yeah. It didn't, and but we were extremely lucky. And I think that the referee sort of took a more a benign view of it. Um, in the whole context of the contest and possibly or remember as well that we were kind of were also leading and usually they didn't too tend to favour sometimes you know the team that's that that is leading so also at least five of Connick's penalties were in when they're in possession so they never account for yellow cards because they're they're just a case of trying to hold the ball on the ground that's fine it was just in the closing stages it was one for petulance and they're just starting to build and you certainly feel we were bringing ourselves when Quinn Rue I think it was and he had a fantastic game so not not to not to pick him out in any negative way but everyone was involved in this and he did pull down them all as I said, five minutes from the Ulster line. So they were silly moments. He didn't half make up for it and everything else he did. You know, we have to hire this, William, because it's an unusual way to end this long run. But we can sit back now and just bank it, can't we? The four points, the big moment. Yeah, I think that's all they, that, that's all they're going to do. It's, uh, it, might be, it might be feasible to, to use this as a springboard, but I, I don't think they will. I think like Tolman Park maybe a few years back, it's a bit different, isn't it? Well, that was a different part of the season and I think tonight they will say we've got our four points, we've gone to three wins and three losses on a 50% run, which is what you need. Uh, and really they need to regroup very quickly because Bordeaux will arrive on next Saturday. Uh, they'll probably be big and awkward and tough as a French side. So the Eagles game tomorrow, very important to see who's around. The strength and conditioning, the rehab people, they're going to have a busy week. Playing these inter-pros at this time of the year, two of them together, three at Christmas, it still doesn't sit right with me. I know they're hard to fit in, but I just don't think this is the way forward. I think there's, there's too many people, that, there's too much at stake in them. And I wonder, will Ireland want that looked at again? They're going to say, hold on, we have a danger here. These players, these players have got to play. But there's a danger that players, key players... Kieran Marmion's a key player. I mean, he was the number one scrum half because we don't know if Conor Murray's going to play. Well, we don't know how serious that injury is. We hope it isn't. But he could put no weight on that foot. But it might be a simple sprain. It might be fixed. But that's they have to play. But you wonder about Interpros being just pushed together. All right, there you go, and that's a fair point. Maybe spread them out over the course of the season and make sure they're well-targeted games and not picking which into pro you go for and all that. Uh, really quickly, midweek podcast, stay tuned to it. The lads do a couple of things. First of all, they wrap up all the weekend's action. You know, that isn't all played yet, and they put into context what this means for the rest of the season. They'll always look at a few interesting statistics. You were talking, William, about winning 80% of your home games. doesn't half help when you win away games that you don't expect to win. That makes up for maybe the narrow loss to Glasgow, for example, at the start of the season. That was a game that they left behind, so they've done that. Uh, the other thing I want you to do is stay tuned to that for our Eagles coverage because we'll save that for the midweek podcast because of course we've uh, front loaded this uh, all about Ulster. It's a, such a weekend and I just want to go around the table. What do you take away from this overall? Because I know there's people all over the world listening to this, big conic fans there's people who travelled today, there's people who couldn't get up here and they're just wondering, wow, first of all this feels really good. Why? Why is this good? I think it's good because they've basically done something they haven't done for 58 years and Connick during the week said they didn't want to talk about it but Talk about it now. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time coming. It's a place where Connacht have had some really good nights and not come away with anything, and they've had some awful nights. Uh, there was a degree of purpose about what they did. They didn't play particularly well uh, at times, but they did enough. Uh, 
they made a fast start which i think will delight them and after that it's just about they, they're going to regroup very quickly they i mean the video on monday they'll they look at the good bits they look at the bad bits and then they'll start the player the players compartmentalize these things very quickly as do the coaches and i suspect the fans and ourselves might be talking about this long after the team have just moved on Lindley, your final thoughts yeah, I think this one actually was for the Connacht fans more than anything. You know, I think Andy Friend is right. I think, you know, he said himself that it wasn't the best performance. It wasn't the most complete performance. There's still a lot of work on. But, you know, take it. It's a, it's a, it's a very valuable win in historical terms. And for the, and for the, the supporters to get, that, to get that victory over here after so long. And it just proves also that I know it wasn't the best Ulster team that Connacht have ever faced. But I think it also... Uh, it's a, it's a real plus in terms of the developing mental strength of the side that, you know, they didn't, they actually, there, there were some tense moments there in the, in the you know, in the, the last 20 minutes, but they actually came through it. And let's face it, you know, it just, with when you have a team with a few key players like Bundy Aki who can turn it around and get that try, put it to bed, I just think it's brilliant for it's brilliant for the province and and all those losses that Connacht have suffered through the years. Andy Friend mentioned our, our president Mossy Moran uh, popping into the dressing room, great OLBC man. And there are people like that you think of that have been travelling up for years, and we could name them all uh, that are super rugby fans around the province, and for all those diehards, and then for the people who just invest so much money following this team all over Europe. It's just a great weekend. Yeah, and uh, I saw Hadrian Lady climbing over barriers as he came out of our section of the ground to try and get down into the into the Connacht fans and go and, and um, welcome the players off the pitch, um, which was fantastic to see. You know, he's not a young man anymore, <laughs> but he 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 practically hopped over that fence, and the stewards weren't going to stop him. Um, you know, just a couple. You know me, I love me stats. That's the first time we've ever scored a penalty try against Ulster, and it's the first time we've won having scored more than one try in Ulster. Fantastic. Why not finish on an Allen stat? Super stuff. Wherever you are, lap it up. A couple of big weeks to come. We'll have a preview of uh, Bordeaux during the week. Great job on the midweek show as always, lads. And then we'll be back with another podcast next weekend. Bordeaux. Then it's on to sale. Then away to the Ospreys. Then the Dragons at home. Then they've got to go to South Africa. It never ends. Yeah, we're not going to South Africa. No, but it doesn't matter because we were in Ravenhill. It's the only place to be this season, I think. Connacht, victorious. 22 points to 15. Bye, folks. it loose break out or nothing changes sad and confused don't wait until you hit